My name's Will DeFries, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. This week, we're doing listener questions. Let's not waste any time and dive right into them. Our first, what is your go-to non-spawn athleisure brand of choice? I've loved Outdoor Voices, but their men's game has been lacking lately. I know Outdoor Voices founder Ty Haney hates the word athleisure, but is there anything more on brand for this podcast than not working out in your workout clothes? I think not, and it's become something I've gotten very good at. Unfortunately, I do think you're pretty correct here. I really don't think Outdoor Voices cares much about the men's line nearly as much as the women's line. It's kind of been lacking for years now, which has become much more of a that's just how it is situation than it is just a trend or a symptom of something. While I do love my cloud knit stuff, everything else has just kind of been okay. The brands I've been loving lately though, you can probably guess them. These are not out of the box brands and these are definitely brands that you've heard either me or a lot of people talk about. For actual leisure and just hanging out and being comfortable in some athletic wear, I have to go with Lululemon. Their shorts, their pullovers. Uh, I have one of their sweaters. I don't even know what it's called, but it's kind of a waffle material and it's been my go-to lately. Uh, a staple in my pants rotation. This isn't really workout gear, but it's their Utilitech pants. I absolutely love them. And then obviously their joggers and everything else. Their shirts are kind of hit, hit or miss for me because I'm not in the best shape right now and they're definitely a more athletic cut, but that's okay. For actually working out, I know that you said non-spawn, but I have to go with 10,000 because they are just so good that I don't think that I would switch even if they weren't a sponsor for this podcast. Uh, their clothes are something that I've already bought full price even after they came on the podcast and I just love them. I have some five inch shorts from them that have become a staple. Their shirts are perfect for working out or running errands and everything simply fits well for their intended use, which is just working out hard. Uh, maybe if we stopped using the word athleisure, OV will up their men's section, but I'm not really getting my heart set on that. Our next question, how do you prepare for big party weekends out of town, like bachelor parties or weddings? What's your packing process? If there's one thing I've become anal about over the last few years, it's definitely been this. Through my experiences, there's simply nothing worse than returning home from a weekend away and having your place be a total mess, which is really why I always make sure our place is nearly spotless before we head out. My process is as follows. If it's not packed, it's either put away in the closet or in the washing machine. And this is, this is just for clothing right there. In the bedroom, I like to just make sure everything is put away and clean. If I'm feeling super ambitious, I'll attempt to change the sheets beforehand so that we have a hotel feel when we get home from our trip. And if there's any food in the refrigerator that won't last, I always try to throw it away so that we don't come home to anything smelly and I don't get too excited when I'm hungry and see something and then just realize that it's not good anymore. In our living room, I pretty much just try to set it up as if someone's coming to buy our place. Uh, my affinity for cleaning probably pales in comparison to how I pack though. Everything that I do here is pretty much ingrained in me at this point and I can't get away from it. I wash all the things that I could possibly wanna bring on vacation with me two nights before, I then fold everything on the bed and I set it in piles. Uh, I have three different piles. I have must pack, nice to have, and leave at home. Once I have everything consolidated, it's time for me to make the cutthroat decisions. And this is the reason that I'm really an overpacker. It's kind of one of those, if it fits, it ships kind of mentalities. Once everything is in, in my away suitcase, I leave one sliver open for my dop kit that will be packed the morning before the flight. And from there, 
everything gets set by the door so that we can sprint out should we need to. Just make sure that if you've got a Nest thermostat and you that you remember to heat or cool your place before you get home. This is something that I've messed up before. And I once came back to a 90 degree climate in my apartment, which is not how I wanted to spend my first night back home. But I don't have a Nest anymore, so I guess I don't have to worry about that. Our next question, how soon is too soon to invite new friends over for drinks or group dinners? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Making new adult friends is more stressful than dating in your 20s. You overthink the texts you send, you worry about them not being receptive, and generally you get to a place where you feel like no one really even wants to hang out with you. But the truth is, we're all just a little busy. So whether it's work, kids, or both, the older you get, the more things get in the way of making new friends and being social. So the best remedy that I've found is just ripping off the damn band-aid. Just like if I met someone randomly at a bar and started chatting them up, I know fairly quickly whether or not I'll get along with them. If someone just I, that I just met seems cool, I've simply tried to remove the guesswork out of it by diving somewhat into making plans. If they seem excited, I try to get a date on the calendar almost immediately. If they're hesitant or unresponsive, well, I at least know that I tried and hopefully they'll reach back out. But if not, it's no sweat. They weren't my friend in the first place. This question does make me wonder though, is having someone over for a dinner party more aggressive than asking them to a restaurant? I want to say yes, because there's a definitive beginning and end to a dinner out versus a home cooked meal, but perhaps inviting them out to a group dinner first is the move. Your old friends may embarrass you, but that was always inevitable anyway. Our next question, what's your summer aesthetic inspiration this year? There's probably gonna be no surprises in this answer. I've mentioned it before and I'm sure I'm, I will mention it probably a million times more before and after the trip, but this September we're taking a trip to Italy. Our friend is getting married over there and we're also using it as an opportunity to honeymoon. Because we got married just before COVID, we never truly got a honeymoon, so we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to kill two birds with one stone. We'll be mostly spending time in Tuscany, and then we're going to the coastal city Ravello on the Amalfi Coast. And how will I prepare for Italy? Well, by channeling all things Italian summer until then, which just pretty much means my entire summer is going to be Italy influenced. The best places to look for this is obviously the talented Mr. Ripley. They taped on location in Positano, though the city in the movie is called Mangiabello and it doesn't actually exist. But when it comes to actual inspiration, Jude Law is just the perfect person for this. Tan skin, short shorts, baggy button downs. He's playing saxophone in the club. He's sailing by day and slugging martinis by night. It's truly a beautiful existence. Philip Seymour Hoffman as Freddie is also a pretty good uh, person. It's probably a little more my speed. He's the friend that comes in a little later in the movie. He's a little out of shape, but not really caring. And he's suspicious of everyone around him, mainly Tom. I'm not ignorant enough to think that this movie shouldn't serve as everyone's summer inspiration every summer. But given how I've never been to Italy before, I think I'm justified in leaning in and prioritizing it this year over other summer aesthetics. This past fall, we were on vacation in Mexico and we wanted to watch a football game, but didn't have a channel at our hotel where we could watch it. Luckily for us, NordVPN came in and saved the day. If you're unfamiliar with NordVPN, it kind of allows you to watch anything from anywhere and it's so easy to use. You can connect with one click or you can enable auto connect for a zero click protection. They also have 5,400 servers in 60 countries. So you can find a server near you for better speed or you can connect to a faraway location to freely explore the internet. 
it's it's just so easy to use that even me, who's not very tech savvy at this point when it comes to trying to find ways to stream stuff, it was it was just fast and quick and you can do it on pretty much any device that you want to. Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, and Linux, even your Android TV supports NordVPN. So you, whether you're trying to access movies or sports, you can access them from anywhere. Don't miss your favorite content from home when you're traveling abroad. All it takes is just one click and you can open the map, click on a location, and you'll be connected in just seconds. It's that easy. And you can even, uh, if you, it isn't available in your country, you can simply change your virtual location and it all works. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com scaries and use code scaries to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and free threat protection and one additional month free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and free threat protection plus one additional month for free by going to nordvpn.com scaries with code scaries. Let's jump into the next round of questions. Our next one, what are your top five current Instagram follows? Go. This is a hard question. There's a lot of recent ones, but I'm going to have a lot of recency bias here. My first one is one that I mentioned on the Sunday Digest, I think last week, and it's called Sights of Relief. Honestly, it's just very relaxed videos and photos of very picturesque places. I think it's mostly in Italy, but I'm okay with that, especially based on the last segment that you just heard. The next one is an account called John Paul's Balls, and it's a guy who I think he is, I don't think he's American, but I think he lives in America now. And he essentially just repurposes materials to make soccer balls out of. And it's just kind of a cool thing to see his process. And it's just, I don't know, it's just an interesting account for some reason. Another one that is a little more meme and stupid is called Signet Ring Social. It's essentially a starter pack account for a bunch of uh, like prep school kids. And it's just kind of funny because always laughing at rich people is always more fun than laughing at anybody else. Uh, another one is one that we've mentioned on retail therapy before. Mark Majori. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but he's a Western artist and his stuff is just so cool. He does have some prints coming out relatively soon. So keep an eye out for those. Apparently they don't sell out. And so all my talk about being, not being able to get a print ever, I guess that can all go out the window because apparently he does do two drops a month. So just maybe go check them out. It's M-A-G-G-I-O-R-I. And then the final one is Succession Fashion. I know there's a lot of ridiculous things that the characters in Succession wear. And this account just takes some of their most ridiculous pieces and then tells you where to get them and how much they cost. And you would never believe how much some very nondescript items that they wear cost. It is truly absurd. Our next question. What is the official drink of summer 2022? This is probably the heaviest question ever brought to the show. As we all know, it's quite easy to hop on the train for a cocktail when everyone at the table starts ordering them. And a couple years ago, it was Aperol spritzes. Most recently, it's been espresso martinis. This year, however, it's feeling more and more uncertain where the direction is headed or maybe where the vibes are shifting to. Being that I just spoke about how excited I am for our trip to Italy, I have no choice but to draw inspiration from the country itself, which is why I'm going to make a bold proclamation. While you're no, under no obligation to follow this recommendation, I'm here to declare that it's officially the summer of spritzes, and I'm not talking about Aperol spritzes. I'm talking about every other one. If you're unfamiliar with the concept of them, they're pretty simple. 
They're a wine-based cocktail with Prosecco, a bitter liqueur is, such as Aperol Campari or something called Cinar. I don't think I'm saying that correctly and I'm not familiar with it. So if I did mispronounce it, which I probably did, please just don't hesitate to reach out and roast me for it. And then they top it off with some sparkling soda water. One reason I like this is because there can be so many different variations, which is why that makes them a little more fun, and a little more versatile. A few weekends ago, I was at a place called Clark's Oyster Bar in Austin, Texas, and I had a drink called the Three Day Weekend. It's Heyman's Gin, Strawberry, Basil, Lemon, and Sparkling Wine. It was light, it was drinkable, and honestly, it was a little more dangerous than I signed up for. And when the waiter came back asking if I wanted another, my mind was pretty much already made up. Our next question, what clothing or shoe brand have you recently discovered that you've been super into? I think discovered may be leading this question to a place I can't really speak to because I don't think I've discovered too many brands lately, but I think I've just kind of revisited them. There are some brands and outlets that I've been using more and more lately to look for inspiration. And so I'll start with the brands and then I'll go to some more like media outlets and follows that I get my inspiration from. The first would be Drake's. It's a classic brand that's really come to light more since Ame Leon Dior uh, collaborated, collaborated with them, but they are a very cool brand. And whether you're actually, you know, spending the top dollar amount to buy something from them, or you're just looking at kind of what's in their world of style, it's just a cool site to go see. They have a very curated aesthetic. It's very high quality clothing, and it's just a really nice place to reference when I'm trying to figure out what I want to get. Another one is Simple Shoes, the ones that Larry David buys or wears all the time. I think they went away for a little bit, but now they're kind of back. It's the classic 90s styles, but they've got other clothing accessories as well these days. It's kind of insane, their pivot. And I have to say, I bought some socks from them and they were wonderful. And now I get their marketing emails all the time. And they're actually pretty entertaining marketing emails. So if you're, if you're looking to get a little 90s uh, nostalgia in your life, check out Simple Shoes again. They're kind of great. And then the other ones are just kind of skateboard brands that I've been gravitating to lately for some reason. Uh, there's always Carhartt work in progress. Obviously, Vans is a major heavy hitter in that. And a listener reached out to me and showed me a brand called Tired Skateboards, which he described as essentially being the washed media of the skateboard industry. And so I've just kind of been taking inspiration from those things lately. As far as actual outlets, uh, obviously Barrett on retail therapy and Club Cool is he's always kind of a, a person I can throw questions at and he, he always has a very good and thought out answer. I essentially just have him on retail therapy so I can ask him fashion questions without bothering him via text. Another one is Streetwear Night Live. They have a newsletter, a very straightforward Instagram and a pretty good Twitter account as well. And then on Twitter, there's some other follows as well. Uh, Barrett spoke on this week's retail therapy to at the Prophet Pizza, who's Rachel Seville Tajin. And then there's Well Worn Warnwell, which is at W Warn W Well. And then there's finally, there's Derek Guy, who is at Die Workwear, who I think Barrett also mentioned the other day, and we talked about him briefly. But yeah, those are kind of the only places that I really go to at this point to try to actually like get targeted inspiration. So maybe it could help you out. Our next rank drinking vessels. I've always thought that restaurants should have it specified on the menu what a certain drink or cocktail is served in. I think there's nothing more defeating than having a picturesque idea of what's about to be on the table in front of you, only to have it arrive and it's in some weird vessel that you'd never expect. Because I'm obviously somewhat anal about this, I think it makes sense to rank these from my least favorite to favorite. We're only doing the heavy hitters here, so snifters and port wine glasses need not apply. And by heavy hitters, I mainly mean the only glasses that I have in my apartment. My least favorite, pint glasses. 
they just shouldn't be for anything but a pint of beer. Bloody Marys and pine glasses are terrible. Any other cocktail in them for that matter just seems lazy. And pine glasses should only be used for pints of beer or large ice waters when you're hungover. Those are the rules. The next is a white wine glass. I just don't like how small they are and I would rather drink white wine on ice in a different type of glass, maybe a low ball or something. And then our next is a high ball in Collins. For a cocktail, these are wildly acceptable most of the time. For bloodies, for craft cocktails that aren't meant to be that strong, tiki drinks, your spritzers maybe. The only downside is when a cocktail arrives in this glass and you're expecting a rocks glass, but more on rocks glasses in a second. Uh, my third favorite glass, now we're kind of in the good territory, is a red wine glass. The wider the better, the squattier the better, and I always like to have a stem, though I don't want it too long. Unfortunately, the wine glasses we have at our place have the longest stems that I've ever seen, and we need to make sure that uh, I kind of change that dynamic a little bit in the near future. My second favorite glass is a coupe glass. Whether it's champagne or a martini, the coupe glass is essential. I've ne never really liked a classic martini glass. It's probably because I was a waiter and I have like, I just have like anxiety about bringing martinis to the table for people, but there's just something pleasing about a coupe glass and its rounded edges. It's got a classic old school feel and I love drinking a cocktail out of them. But my favorite is just a classic, an old fashioned or a rocks glass. It's the top dog. If I'm making a cocktail that has any ice in it at all, it's going to be in an old fashioned or rocks glass. And I, I don't see myself changing every, anytime soon. Whether it's an actual old fashioned or simply a high end drink to sip, cannot go wrong. When it comes to trudging through a Sunday, sometimes it's just all about making sure that the vibes are good. Whether it's a blanket on your couch, a patio hang sesh, or Vizzy Hard Seltzer made with antioxidant vitamin C. It's a big vibe. As the first hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C and bold and delicious dual fruit flavors, Vizzy Hard Seltzer passes the vibe check. Vizzy just launched their first nationwide mimosa hard seltzer. Vizzy has taken the classic OJ and champagne duo to a new level by creating a hard seltzer inspired by a classic cocktail. Vizzy Mimosa Hard Seltzer is made with real OJ and is going to come in four delicious flavors, strawberry orange, pineapple orange, peach orange, and pomegranate orange. All of these have superfruit acerola in it, so you know that they're packed with vitamin C. And they also have their lemonade hard seltzer packs and their classic flavors like pineapple mango, black cherry lime, strawberry kiwi, and blueberry pomegranate. These are so good. They knock every other hard seltzer off their pedestal. And I, I mean, if you're in the hard seltzer aisle, look no further than Vizzy. Vizzy hard seltzer, it's the hard seltzer that passes the vibe check because Vizzy is a vibe. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And to get updates on their latest flavor drops and more, sign up for their emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Again, that's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 or older. And let's do something that we've been doing a little more recently, and let's finish out with a little rapid fire round to answer some more questions and not just a couple. Our first, what's your favorite city to be in on a Sunday that isn't Austin or your hometown? I think I actually gave a longer answer to this before and on a different listener voicemail or listener questions episode, but it has to be San Francisco, whether I'm in the city just eating at a good restaurant or if we're heading north and driving on the highway up there and hitting, hitting a beach somewhere, there's no better place to spend a hangover day. I just absolutely love it and I can't wait to go back soon. Our next one, what are you reading right now? 
I just got done reading a book about uh, English soccer hooligans called Among the Thugs. It was something that I read in high school and I wanted to revisit. But with my new library card, I just rented, or I just uh, took out a book called Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. She is the author of Normal People, which you probably watched on Hulu. And because I already kind of know how normal people goes, I decided that if I was going to read one of her books, I would start with one that wasn't normal people. And so I started with her first ever book, Conversations with Friends. I have yet to actually start reading it, but it has been downloaded to the iPad and I will be reading it soon. Our next one, Treadmill Under the Standing Desk at Work. Yay or nay? For me, it's a big nay, as I do not really like standing desks very much, but for anybody else, to each their own. Are you ever going to get into making Sunday Scaries TikToks? You know, this is a very good question and probably one that I should probably confront. Uh, yeah, at some point I, I definitely will. Right now I was kind of focused on getting the Instagram to a place where I wanted it to be, which was obviously based on last week's episode, 100,000 followers. And now I think it might be time to uh, kind of focus on a couple other ways to, to make some Sunday Scaries content. And I think TikTok might be the place to do it. I don't currently have a Sunday Scaries TikTok, but if you want to go follow Will DeFreeze, uh, I might be just posting stuff from there at this point. But yeah, who knows? I'm kind of I'm kind of a lurker on TikTok more than I am a poster at this point, but I kind of want to change that. Our next, what's your preferred coffee method? Machine, pour over, mocha pot? I'm gonna expose myself here. I have no clue what a mocha pot is and that's okay. Uh, my preferred method is actually an AeroPress. I started doing that a long time ago and I've always really liked it, but it's just kind of an involved process. And so ever since our son was born, we've been more of a Nespresso pod family. Yes, we do recycle them so I can feel good about it. But yeah, I always do kind of miss the pour over coffee. It was always a really good cup and it was always just treating me well. But once, once life got a little more hectic, it stopped making sense to have a five minute or 10 minute coffee routine every morning. What's your favorite Sunday activity with your significant other at the moment? Honestly, we've just been taking a lot of walks. It's been very calm, very relaxing. And uh, yeah, taking walks with my wife and my son and my dog has been our, our regular Sunday routine. We've been trying to do it around sunset so we can waste a little time before bedtime, but it has been feeling very nice to get outside and do that, especially after kind of a, a wet and dreary and long winter. And our final question, do you have any teas of some upcoming merch? While there isn't a ton of merch in the pipeline right now, there is a certain item that will be releasing soon. And unfortunately for everybody, because of the inventory on the stock, there are only about 50 of these items and they will all go on sale probably on the newsletter at uh, willdefreeze.substack.com. So if you aren't signed up and you want one of these, I would definitely sign up as they will go very fast, probably within the first five minutes of sending an email. But we'll see you over there. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sunday Scaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.